If you're new here, my name is Sujith. I have the pleasure of leading this church. And uh, one of the things we do every week is we gather together to read the Bible and allow it to speak to our hearts. And so that's what we're going to do right now. So if you have a Bible, I'm going to Genesis chapter 22. I'm going to read the whole chapter. If you don't have a Bible, it'll probably come up on the screen behind me. You can follow it there. And uh, starting from verse 1, I'm going to go through the, the whole chapter. And I'm going to give us some just some pointers on how to, to finish 20. Uh, 21. We're coming to the end of the year. Like I said, in about 20 days, we will be in 2022. Um, and uh, we, it's moments like this just helps us to just pause and reflect and say, uh, what is it that we need to just put our minds to when we come to the end of the year? And these are some thoughts that I want to share with you today. So Genesis chapter 22, starting from verse 1, and this is what it says. After these things, God tested Abraham And said to him, Abraham, and he said, Here I am. He said, Take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, and took two of his young men with him and his son Isaac. And he cut the wood and the burnt offering and arose and went to the place which God had told him. On the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place from afar. Then Abraham said to his young men, Stay here with the donkey. I and the boy will go over there and worship and come again to you. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on, his, on Isaac his son. And he took in his hand the fire and the knife. So they went, both of them, together. And Isaac said to his father, Abraham, My father, he said, Here I am, my son. He said, Behold the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? Abraham said, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering, my son. So they both went so they both went together. And when they came to the place of which God had told him, Abraham built the altar there and laid the wood in order, and bound Isaac his son, and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then Abraham reached out his hand and took the knife to slaughter his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, Here I am. He said, Do not lay your hand on the boy and don't or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God, seeing you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him was a ram, caught in a thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called the name of that place, the Lord will provide. As it is said to this day, on the mount of the Lord, it shall be provided. And the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time from heaven and said, By myself I have sworn, declares the Lord, because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son. I will surely bless you and I will surely multiply your offspring as the stars of heaven, as the sand that is on the seashore. And your offspring shall possess the gate of his enemies. And in your offspring shall all the nations of the earth be blessed, because you have obeyed my voice. So Abraham returned to his young men, and they arose and went together to Beersheba. And Abraham lived at Beersheba. And now after these things it was told to Abraham, Behold, Milcah has also borne children to your brother Nahor. We'll pause there. Why don't you just pray with me for a moment? Just ask God 
to speak to our hearts and allow the Holy Spirit uh, to, to minister to us. Father, we are grateful this morning for the privilege and the opportunity to read your word. We ask you that you will speak to our hearts. We, speak, we ask that you will give us confidence, you will give us courage, but above all, you will help us to see Jesus. Help us to see Jesus in a way we have never seen before. And as we finish this year, we pray our hearts will be focused on you and that we will finish this year well. In Jesus' name, amen. Can you imagine what it means to be told God comes to Abraham and says, I want you to pick up your son. I want you to go and sacrifice him, basically kill him on this mountain and, um, and then offer him up as a sacrifice. I love the name Isaac. When we, our first child is a boy, when, when we were thinking of boy names, we were seriously considering, um, seriously considering naming him Isaac. The word Isaac means laughter. And uh, Isaac is now, this boy that's called laughter, is now being offered up as a sacrifice. And can you imagine the trauma, the confusion when that word comes? It's, it's a huge, huge word to receive. Now, Abraham has had a history of trauma. And you can see that throughout the Bible where he's, first of all, called to leave his father, his family, his entire community that he knew. And God told him to relocate abroad to a community and a people group, a language that he did not know. And Abraham just obeyed God. Abraham's God, the word that God gave to Abraham was, I want you to leave, leave your father, leave your mother, leave your, leave your family, leave everything that you're familiar with and go on this journey. Where are you going? I'm not going to tell you. How long is it going to take? I'm not going to tell you. Where is it going to head? I'm not going to tell you. I just want you to follow me. So Abraham steps out, leaves his father, leaves his family, leaves everything that he knows and starts on this journey. So you can imagine this man has already faced incredible pressure. And in the Bible, Abraham is known as the father of faith. But if you read his story, you find that this guy makes so many mistakes because he's traumatized by this journey that he's on following Jesus not knowing where it's going not knowing where it's headed let me show you some examples Uh, one case God came to him and said "Um, listen you're going to have a child and um, I'm going to make you a dad and Abraham got this word after a while uh, they were not falling pregnant so Abraham thought it was a good idea to go and sleep with his maid and then he had a child, and he thought, well, that was God's plan. And, and we all are sometimes tempted to take things into our own hands when things don't arrive at a certain place, in a certain way, with certain people. How many of us have ever had the experience of following God, but it's not turned out the way you thought it was going to turn out? It's not turning out the, the, the pattern it's going to turn out. It's not turning out how and when you thought it's going to turn out. So Abraham is now battling with this particular mistake that he made. Eventually, his wife falls pregnant, and they have this son called Isaac. 
he's traumatized because he once went to on his journey he once went to this country and he was living there and he was he was afraid that um that uh, people in that country would kill him and take his wife away uh, so that uh, she would then get married off to somebody else and so um so when when uh, when the people in that country looked at Abraham and looked at his wife and said oh who's this <laughs> the bible says he said to them she's my sister and so the king of that country thought oh she's sister she's single i uh, maybe i should start seeing her and then uh, sarah his wife is being taken away and the king is about to think okay i'd love to have this lady for my wife god comes and speaks to this king in a dream and said hey listen don't do anything that's abraham's wife so he, even though he's a great man of faith if you just read his story man he's just stumbling and finding his way he's lying he's not he's he has no idea he looks at his wife and says that's my sister he's like man i'm scared of dying you know that's a great husband isn't it yeah i don't i don't want to die so i'll tell you what i look at my wife and say that's my sister in case people kill me um i don't want that so i'd much rather my wife be taken away and uh, and given to somebody else in marriage what a great husband he is called the father of our faith that's abraham and sometimes uh, one of the reasons i love the bible is because the bible does not whitewash these stories it's there for us in gory detail for us to read that even though we are people of faith we stumble we make mistakes we actually sometimes have no idea what we're doing we're just stumbling along and if you're here today and especially if you've been exposed to christianity either through your parents or through community or through media i want to encourage you first of all by just saying this christianity is not a standard to live up to it's an embrace to receive christianity is not a standard to live up to it's an embrace to receive in fact god tried uh, for it to be a standard to live up to he said listen i'll i'll start with 10 standards let's see if you can keep these 10 human the human race could not and then, and then and they said no we'll try again harder and so the number of rules increased and increased and increased and increased and increased and the bible says it showed it proved to god that the law does not work listen if i I've got my wife sitting on the front row and if we need to have a relationship the way we have a relationship is through intimacy and embrace it's not through rule keeping so if i say to reshmi reshmi i have a great idea for our marriage to prosper and flourish here you go rule number 1 you will always do the dishes rule number 2 you will make sure by 10 o'clock the house is clean how many of you know that's going to do wonders for my married life no it's not it's not That's not how intimacy works. The law can never produce intimacy. And so but the reason God calls Abraham a person of faith is not so much because of his lack of mistakes. The reason God calls Abraham a faith, person of faith is because of where his focus was. Faith is a focus. Our relationship with God is a focus. If your eyes are on God, the Bible says it this way, the righteous person may fall 7 times but he gets up again. 
And I want to encourage you to have the right focus as you finish this year. Listen, this year might have been a year where you've made loads of mistakes. You, you messed up January, you messed up February, you messed up March, you messed up every month in 2021. As we come to the end of this year, can I encourage you to be kind to yourself? Can I encourage you to give yourself some grace? Can I encourage you to look at yourself through the eyes of Jesus? And he's not there going, man, I can't believe the kind of husband you were. Look at that. You didn't want to die. So you said to everybody in the country, here's your wife. She's your sister. And then you were just trying to get out of it. No, no, no. The the, the message of the gospel is not that here is a standard to live up to. The message of the gospel is a father who has his arms stretched out and said, come, let me give you an embrace. Let me give you a hug. And today, if you're sitting here, I'm saying, man, I wasted 2021. It didn't go the right way. I could have tried harder, prayed well prayed harder, read more of the Bible, should have spent more time with my kids, should have been kinder to my spouse, I should have saved money, I should have dieted, I should not have, I should have exercised, I should have tried harder at work, I should have, I could have, I did have, I should have, no, 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 no. The law says you should, but the gospel of Jesus says it's done, it's done, it's done, it's done. Jesus paid the price, it is done. And today as you finish this year, here's my encouragement to you embrace the embrace that comes from the father receive the gift that comes from the father to say listen you are a person of faith you are a per-. especially in pentecostal churches like ours that believe in the power of miracles that believe in the power of healing that believe in the power of god doing supernatural things that's different to our own ability we can classify what a person of faith looks like the person of faith looks like a person who never sins a person of faith looks like a person who never have makes mistakes a person of faith looks like a person who can raise the dead and heal the sick of course all of that is possible by faith but can i give you a new definition of faith a person of faith just has the right focus their eyes are on jesus and if you have come to the end of this year and you're saying man 2021 was not a great year for me i have a word for you embrace the embrace of the father receive that and be kind to yourself Abraham is called a person of faith. And so he has trauma after trauma after trauma. And you see that throughout his story. He's going about his business and he's digging wells as he's digging wells. Some of his enemies called the Philistines come and throw mud in it. And so his business is going wrong. And I don't know about you, but trauma affects all of us. One of the things that trauma brings is trauma brings grief. And I want to just focus on the word grief because especially in Christian circles, I don't think we have completely grasped the concept of grief. I've got a slide up. If we can put that up, just to show what grief, uh, where grief comes from. Listen to this. Grief isn't just for death. It's for friendships that have ended. It's for losing your community. It's for missing the certainty you once had. It's for questioning your judgment. It's for releasing who you once were. It's for feeling lost and unanchored. And it's for losing the traditions you loved. Grief affects all of us. And sometimes you can go through a year like this and you think, man, nobody died in my world this year, but I feel sad. You know why? Maybe it's because a few friendships have ended this year. Maybe you've lost the community that you knew this year. Maybe you've lost the certainty you had once. Maybe you're questioning your own judgment and you think, man, 
I thought I knew better. I thought I made the right call, but look what's happened. Maybe you can no longer hold on to the version of who you were once. Time is gone, and you have no choice but to release who you once were. And some of us are in that place. You you were married, and now you're divorced, but you have to release that person. You were young, and now you're no longer young. You have to release that person. You once had money, and now you find yourself in a place where you don't have money. You have to release that person. Every time you release who you once were, it brings grief. Sometimes we feel grief when we feel lost and unanchored. Sometimes you think, man, I don't know my way. I don't know which way my life is heading. And you can feel a, you can feel a deep sadness. And sometimes when you lose the traditions you once loved, it can also produce grief. I remember going through a season of grief in my life and nobody had really died. And I remember thinking, why is it that I'm grieving? And I remember talking it through with my therapist and completely understanding that grief is not just for death. Grief is about being unsettled in a number of ways. And I'm not saying that's an exhaustive list, but these may be things that have affected your life this year. And you may be grieving today. And can I encourage you to be honest with yourself because you are only as strong as you are honest. You are only as quick and as fast as you are honest. You're only as able as you are honest. And if you're here today and said, man, This year has a bit of grief for me. Can I encourage you? God is not looking at you and saying, what a useless person. You made that mistake again. How dare you do that? You should just move on. You should be grateful for what God has given you. God has given you the cross. Why are you staying there and grieving? And so we pump up ourselves. We we, we pep talk ourselves and say, yes, I'm going to keep going, keep going. But that's okay to keep going and having the right focus on Jesus. But you can't keep going without focusing and processing your grief and if you are here today and you're grieving about any one of these things God is not judging you God is not condemning you it does not make you weak it does not make you a second-class citizen it just means that for some of us life has happened and life has brought about grief the good news is you are still a man of faith you are still a woman of faith the word of God still is true there is still a plan and you can finish this year knowing that you can receive the embrace that the heavenly father has for you so i wonder for a brief moment if you will for a moment of concentration and privacy if you can just close your eyes and see if there's any grief you want to hand over to god abraham was a man who was full of trauma we see story after story he's called a man of faith but we see story after story where he had to process grief because uncertainty after uncertainty attack after attack um, curveball after curveball just came to his life and he was trying to just process that. Father, today we give you anything and everything that, is, that 2021 has thrown at us, at us. For some of us, people have died and we're grieving. For some of us, we have lost friendships. For some of us, we've lost our community. For some of us, we're missing the certainty we once had. For some of us, we are questioning our own judgment, the decisions we made. For some of us, we're trying to release who we once were. For some of us, we're feeling lost and unanchored. 
For some of us, we're losing the traditions we loved, and it's brought grief. We look to you today, and we offer that grief to you. I wonder if there's anybody here that wants to join me. My hands are already up. I wonder if there's anybody that wants to join me in saying, I don't want to finish 2021 without giving, without giving my griefs to God. If that's you, just lift your hands because God loves for you to be honest in his presence. If you can't be honest before him, where else will you be honest? God knows it anyway, so it's not like you can't, you can hide it from him, but it requires you to have a response. Father, you see these hands lifted up. We look to you and we ask you right now, to take this grief from us. We thank you that the presence of grief is not the absence of faith. We thank you that the presence of trauma is not the absence of faith. We thank you that the presence of sadness is not the absence of faith. As Beacon Church finishes this year, we don't want to give ourselves a pep talk and, th- and, and fool ourselves to say everything is all right. Yes, Lord, we look to you. But we say, God, we are grieving in places that we sometimes don't even want to talk about because it's too private, it's too personal, it's too painful. And for every person that's got a hand up, including my hand, oh God, Lord, we give you our grief, we give you our trauma. But we thank you that the righteous person falls seven times, but we will get up again. So we look to you and we say, pull us up, Lord, from the grief that we're in. Pull us up from the trauma we're in. Pull us up from the things that have caused this year not to be a pleasant experience for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Can I thank you for being honest? Give yourself a round of applause. That's good. Give yourself a round of applause. These things need to be applauded too. These things need to be applauded too. So Abraham now, after all of this trauma, is given another word. Abraham... I want you to take your son and go and sacrifice him on an altar. How on earth did he obey that? I mean, where did he get the emotional capacity to go, yeah, I want to do that? Where? Where? Because if, if, if I was him, I'd be like, I'm done. I'm done following God. There's too much drama following God. One moment I have to leave my father's house. Next moment I'm scared of losing my wife. Instead of standing up for her, I thought I better save my own neck. So I gave her to the king. And he's got so much trauma in his life. And he's saying, oh man, I thought God was going to come through and give me a son. He didn't give me a son. I went and slept with my maid. Now I've got two sons. I've got Isaac from my wife. I've got Ishmael from my maid. Here's a man who's processing so much. And yet God comes to him and says, I want you to take your son. And go and sacrifice him on a place, on a mountain that I'm going to show you. He gets up. The weirdest part about this story is that this word does not come to the child's mom. So I can imagine that conversation because this is what the Bible says. This is what the Bible says. He says, uh, hey, listen, me and my boy, this is actually what it says. Me and my boy, we're going to worship and we'll come back. We're going to worship and we'll come back. It's just a boy's trip. Abraham said to Sarah, it's just a boy's trip. We're going we're gonna to worship and we come back. So he's got to take donkeys. There's no cars in the day. He's got to take lots of wood. Because there's got to be enough wood to burn up an entire human being. There's a knife. Because he's got to kill the boy before he burns him. His servants, the Bible says, because there's lots of things to carry. So he's got to plan this. So he calls some of his staff and says, hey, we're going on a journey. Where? Don't know. Okay. What are we going to do? I can't tell you. It's, it's going to be worship. So um, 
let's take some wood let's take some fire let's take a knife um isaac my son's going to be coming with me and we'll go because god's word to abraham is abraham i want you to take your son and go and sacrifice him on a mountain that i will show you future tense so he doesn't even know where he's going so he just starts walking out of his house he's got donkeys with him he's got wood with him he's got some fire with him he's got a knife with him he's got isaac with him and somewhere along this journey the bible says they walked for three days can you imagine at what point do you think he thought this is a great idea i love following god what an adventure do you know do you think that's what he was thinking or do you think he was thinking i hope i'm not losing my mind i hope this is right i hope this is the right thing to do can you imagine the number of times he had to fight the urge to quit i mean he could have just turned around any second and gone back and said now nah, i'm done day 1 he's still walking 24 hours walking in the middle east is no joke i promise you it's not joke he's walking and they've got to go and sleep somewhere in the open the reason they carry fire is for protection because out in the open you can be attacked by wild animals i wonder whether he got sleep the first night he doesn't know where he's going and he's thinking man i've i've been this way before god told me to jump and follow him i did that was painful that was traumatic now he's telling me to do it again day 2 he's still walking i wonder whether he had any sleep day 2 obviously when he looks up he he can see the stars and you're saying god now would be a good time to speak what on earth are you doing one of the most powerful words i've ever received in my life i was with my spiritual father in um in british guyana in south america and uh, we were just preaching and i was was wondering man where 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 on earth is my life heading what's going and um i remember him coming over to me and said sujit i have a gr- I have a strange word for you and the word of god to you is this god just wants you to know he's not playing games with your life he's not playing games with your life and that story came to me as i was saying this right now and some of you just need to hear this as god's word for you he is not playing games with your life it looks like it everybody thinks god's playing games with your life but god is not playing games with your life i wonder if he had any sleep on night 3 by the time you've walked 3 night 3 days and 3 nights in the middle east carrying all of that you're exhausted and you're tired they come to a mountain and the name of the mountain is moriah and when he gets to that mountain he can't he can't he can't take his staff with him so he says to the staff hey listen guys stay here with the stay here with the donkeys me and my boy we're going to climb all the way to the top of this mountain we will worship and then we will come back now tell me if you've already walked 3 days in the middle east it's hot it's tiring is that a great time to start climbing a mountain that's the last thing you want to do and so that's what he does he starts mountain climbing every step more painful than the previous because not only is his body exhausted not only is his mind exhausted not only is his spirit exhausted but he knows what he's about to do his son that was born to him in his 90s a miracle baby he waited 90 years for a promise now that very promise is slipping away climbing up the mountain step by step and isaac says to him dad 
Um, can I ask you a question? Shosan, what is it? Um, I can see wood and I can see fire. Where is the lamb for the offering? And, uh, and Abraham says, um, God will provide. Actually, um, the Hebrew literally translated says, God sees. God sees. And sometimes faith is like that, you see. It's not like you have a plan. You just have a, a conviction that God's aware. God's aware of your situation. So here's the second thing I want you to know as you finish 2021. Just because you don't have a plan doesn't mean you're finishing the year wrong. Just because you don't have all the details ironed out, it doesn't mean you're finishing the year wrong. Just because you can't clearly define the strategy for where your life is heading, it does not mean you are finishing the year wrong. Some of you just need to be aware of this. God sees. You don't have a plan for your children because you've tried everything and you've now given up. I want to say to you, God sees. You don't have a plan for your career because you've tried everything and you are stuck and you've reached a point of stagnancy. I want to say to you, God sees. You've reached a point where in your walk with God, you've tried everything and you just seem in a place where it's so dry, you can't enjoy the presence of God and God feels a million miles away. You don't know what else to do. I want to say to you as you finish this year, God sees. He sees. He sees. He sees. He is aware. Dad, the wood is here and the fire is here. Where is the where is the lamb for the offering, Dad? God sees my son. He see he's aware. I have no idea where this is going, but he's aware. Sometimes we have no idea where our life is heading, but he is aware. Can I encourage those of you who are reading the news? the newspaper, watching the television and looking at the world going crazy. And you're saying, God, I can't believe this is the world. I can't believe this is the way the country is going. I can't believe this is the, this is the world in which I have to raise my kids. What do I do as a parent? What do I do as a citizen? I watch the news, read the newspaper, and I wonder where on earth is the world heading? Listen, you don't have an answer and you don't need an answer, but you need a conviction that God sees. He sees. He is aware. Dad, where's the lamb? God sees. What's the plan? God sees. Where is it coming from? God sees. The stress is too much. I can't take God sees. Having faith does not mean you have all the answers. It just means that you are aware that God sees. Having faith is not that you have all the answers. It's just that you are aware that what? God sees. He sees. He sees. So they climb up and they climb up and they climb up. And now this man of faith is confident because he has an idea. Do you know what the idea is? I'm glad the idea is recorded for us in the Bible. He has an idea. He says, um, I know what God's going to do. Ever thought of that? Have you ever done that? He's saying, I know exactly what God is going to do. I figured it out. Just when you think you figured God out, you haven't figured him out. 
So Abraham thought, I figured him out. Actually, I'll tell you what he figured out. Let's, let's put that verse up. If you can put Hebrews 11 verse 19. This is what Abraham had figured out. He said, man, my life is going places I don't know. This is Abraham. He considered God was able to even raise him from the dead, which figuratively speaking, he did receiving back. Let's look at verse 17, 18, 19. This is Abraham and his son. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac. He who had received the promises was in the act of offering up his only son, of whom it was said, through Isaac shall your offspring be named. He considered that God was able to raise him from the dead, which figuratively speaking, he did receive him back from the dead. Do you know what Abraham thought? I'm going to kill my son and then I'm going to set him on fire. He's going to burn into ashes and then God is going to raise him from the dead. I know that's what God's going to do. That's exactly what God's going to do. See, after a while, when you don't know what the plan is, then your mind concludes what the plan is. But how many of you have realized if you've walked with God for a bit that the plan is never the plan? (laughs) The plan is never the plan. It's never the plan because whatever you are thinking, whatever you know to be true, whatever you think is the plan, there's always another plan. Whatever you think is the way the story is going to end, It's probably not going to end that way. Because God is bigger than your thoughts. God is bigger than your ideas. God is bigger than your conclusions. And that shouldn't cause us fear. It should cause us confidence. Because the God we serve is a good God. And it's a good plan. Can I encourage you? It's not as bad as you think. It's not going to end in tragedy like you sometimes conclude. It's not going to be as painful as you thought it was going to be. Because the Bible says in Hebrews eleven nineteen, Abraham thought, I'm going to kill my son. And then God's going to raise him back from the dead. I'm going to have a testimony that's so powerful. When I come down from the mountain, I'm going to tell everybody, hey guys, you'd never believe what happened. You remember when we went up, there was no lamb for the, 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 the sacrifice. Actually, a few days earlier, God had told me that the, the sacrifice would be my own son. I tied him up, then I took the knife, and then I killed him. And then I put fire on him, and he burnt up, and he became ashes. And boom, the power of God showed up, and he came back to life. Some of you are like this. You have exactly, you, you've, got, you've got clarity in your head that one of these days God's going to do boom and there's going to be power and it's going to be such a testimony and everybody's going to know that you're a person of faith. And, and sometimes all of that is just our attempt to control God. All of that is just our attempt at making sense of our life that does not make sense at the moment. Can I encourage those of us who are finishing 2021 with number three, as you come to the end of the year, I want, to, I want you to know this. Even when you can't see it, God's plan is always better than what you've imagined. God's plan is always better than what you've concluded. God's plan is always better than what you think is going to be. You can, you can conclude this plan and say, yeah, uh, God, he, Abraham considered that God was able to raise him from the dead. And the Bible says in the book of Hebrews, figuratively speaking, actually that's what happened. Can I say something to you as you end this year? 
This is what the Bible says. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, neither has it entered into the mind of any human being what God has prepared for them that love him. Let me say that again. No eye has seen, your eyes haven't seen, your ears haven't heard, neither has it entered into your mind what God has prepared for them that love him. The plan is better than your conclusion. The plan is going to be better than what you think it's going to be. As you finish this year, I want you to finish with hope, even though you can't see it. Figuratively speaking, he did receive him back. This is what the Bible says. If we can go back to Genesis 22. Genesis 22. As he is raising his hands to kill the son, God speaks to him and says, Abraham, Abraham, don't lay your hand on the boy. Don't. For now I know that you fear God. Abraham lifted his eyes and looked and behold, behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered it as a burnt offering instead of his son. As you finish this year, I want you to know no matter what your trauma has been in your past, you can trust God again. You can obey God again. Because when you do that, as Paul said in the beginning of the service, when you surrender, favor showers down on you. For some of you, you're about to lift your eyes and you're going to see the provision of God that you thought was never there. You're going to see a plan that you had no idea was there. You're going to see a way out that you thought was never there. You're going to see a solution that you cannot see right now. But your eyes are about to see a solution that you've never seen before. Not because you don't have trauma. Not because you haven't made mistakes. Not because it's not painful. Not because the journey hasn't been long. Not because you're not exhausted in spite of your exhaustion. In spite of your unbelief. In spite of your mistakes. In spite of all the bits of your life that don't make sense. Your eyes are about to see that. God is a good God. He's a good God. He is a good God. Abraham lifted his eyes and he saw the ram caught in the thickets and he offered it up as a burnt offering instead of his son. I wonder whether you want to finish this year by opening your eyes to the provision of God. You see, there is a provision that is for you that is on the other side of your surrender. There is a provision that is meant for you that is on the other side of your obedience. There is a provision that is meant for you on the other side of your trust. And so lastly, as you finish this year, I wonder whether you can finish by saying, God, I trust again. I believe again. It's been painful, but I'm going to have a go again. I can't make head or tail out of this situation in my life, but I believe sooner or later you're going to come through for me again. Abraham lifted his eyes and looked and behold, he saw a ram caught in the thicket. Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up as a burnt offering. Let's look at the next verse, verse 14. So Abraham called the name of that place, the Lord will provide. 
as it is set to this day on the mountain of the Lord it shall be provided I love that because as he was going up the mountain it was going to be the the mountain of pain the mountain of blood the mountain of sacrifice but it's the mountain of the Lord and as you finish this year look at me for a moment look at me for a moment as you finish this year hear my words god will provide god will provide he'll provide the plan you need he'll provide the provision you need he'll provide the breakthrough you need he'll provide the idea you need he'll provide the favor you need he'll provide the solution you need he'll provide the friends you need he'll provide the networking you need he'll provide the cash you need he'll provide the strength you need he'll provide the healing from trauma that you need he'll provide the hope you need he'll provide the faith you need he'll provide the confidence you need he'll provide the solutions that you cannot see he'll provide he'll provide he will provide he'll provide he'll provide Finish this year knowing that he will provide. Finish this year knowing that you can trust 2022 into God's hands. Why? Cuz you got a plan. No, he'll provide. That's why. Cuz you're good. No, he's good. That's why. It'll be okay. Cuz you're not going to make any more mistakes. No, no, no. I'll probably make a mistake before the end of this day. But he'll provide. He'll provide. Faith is the assurance of things not seen. And you may not see it right now, but I wonder whether we can finish this service knowing that God will provide. As I said those words, how many of you felt it as faith in your heart? Man, God will provide. Yeah, but what about God will provide? Where am I going to live? God will provide. Who am I going to see? God will provide. When am I going to get married? God will provide. I'm already married but it's in trouble. God will provide. God will provide. You can trust him. 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 Now, here's the best news out of the story. Abraham lived at a time where what was provided to him was a ram you and i live in a time where what's been provided to us is much better than a ram his name is jesus if abraham's life was going to be okay because rams were provided to him how much more you and i we are not servants of god we are sons of god abraham was a servant you are a son you are a child abraham was an employee you are royalty and you are family what's been provided for you is not a sheep or a lamb or a ram but the lamb of god slain from the foundations of the world his name is jesus he has been provided for you he is yours he is yours so right now we are not at Oaks Road 
Barry St. Edmunds. We're not in the auditorium of Beacon Church. I'll tell you where we are. Right now, wherever you're seated, you are on the mountain of the Lord. Because when you have an encounter that God will provide, that He sees when you don't have any idea where this is going, you are right now with your trauma, your pain, your grief, your 2021, however it is gone. Right now, you are more than the chair you're sitting on. You are more than the auditorium you're in. We are not just here, my friends. The Bible Bible says we are seated with him in heavenly places. We are bi-locational. Right now I wonder with your eyes of faith, can you see that you are on the mountain of the Lord? And if you are, then God will provide. He'll provide. He'll provide. He will provide. He'll provide. Such a God deserves to be worshipped, don't you think? Such a God deserves to be thanked, don't you think? Such a God can be trusted, don't you think? Such a God is worth following, don't you think? And we're going to do that. If you're able, stand where you are. We're going to praise Him. We're going to worship Him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. For a moment of concentration and privacy, why don't you talk to God? He sees. 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 It's going to be okay. God will provide. 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 He's given you Jesus, the Lamb that was to be your sacrifice. You're not just at Oaks Road, Barry St. Edmunds. Right now, you are at the mountain of the Lord. Can you see Him? <laughs> Can you feel Him? Can you hear him? For some of you, it's like goosebumps. For some of you, it's a joy in your heart. For some of you, there's no words, it's just tears. For some of you, it's just raised hands. For some of you, it's surrendered hearts. However it is, respond to him. Respond to him. Respond to him. Respond to him. If you want to weep in his presence, go on, weep. There is no shame. If you want to shed tears, we won't judge you. No one's looking anyway. Come on. You don't want to carry that grief into next year. No, no, no. Cry it out now. Weep now. Release those emotions now. The pent-up anger. The pent-up injustice. The pent-up brokenness the best place to cry is in the presence of God cry now <laughs> hallelujah 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 thank you Jesus Thank you, Jesus. 
For some of you, God is giving you a picture. For some of you, God is giving you a scripture. For some of you, God is giving you his confidence. I feel the presence of God in this place. I feel the presence of God in this place. He is here closer than you think. He works in your trauma closer than you think. He is bigger than your mistakes. He's bigger than your pain. But God will provide. 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 For your marriage, God will provide. For your children, God will provide. For your career, God will provide. Your finances, God will provide. Your health, God will provide. He sees. 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 We're going to finish with a song of worship if the team